Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank You for giving us day by day our daily bread. We pray that You would lead us not into temptation and that You would deliver us from evil. We thank You that the power and the glory and all the honor and praise belongs unto You. I pray that you would help us to hide these truths in our heart. That we not just know them in the head. Too often, when we read the Word, when we pray, when we sing or during worship, whether public or private, we find our minds straying off into various activities of either the past or what's coming up or dwelling upon some trifle And sometimes we catch ourselves and determine to be more faithful to you and more mindful of what we're doing to find ourselves straying again. Someday we shall be changed our bodies glorified and our our total being will be fully immersed in worshiping you in a way that is far more deserving of who you are. We pray that that day be soon. But we pray that you would preserve and keep us until then. Perform in us that work unto the day of grace that has been begun in us by the operation of your Holy Spirit We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we come to verses 14 and 15. And I have uh, designated them uh, confidence in prayer. 
confidence in prayer. Even though that I have labeled it as such, and we will be endeavoring to look at it accordingly, I still wonder uh, how much I'm missing. But anyway, let's read the verses and then we will try to uh, explain them as much as we know how. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And we know that He hear us. Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. Now it's one thing to say that we know that if we ask anything according to His will, we'll have it. It's another thing to know I have asked according to His will. And yet, this is what John is telling us. This is what God is telling us through inspiring John. This is the confidence that we have in Him. I ask you, as much as I ask myself, how much confidence do you have that God is hearing your prayers? I have made the statement more than once that all too often I wonder if I'm really praying or just talking to myself. Evidently, I'm lacking confidence. This word confidence is unique as all of God's Word is. And we want to look at several passages in hopes that it will give you an understanding of what God would have us to know as He used this Word. It's used 31 times in the Scriptures. Obviously, we won't take the time to look at all 31, though I do believe I have them listed in my notes. But it's defined as all outspokenness. That is, frankness, bluntness, publicity, by implication, assurance. And then it's translated various ways. 
In other words, God would have us to have confidence in prayer. But not only confidence in prayer, but confidence in praying. You know, it's one thing to say, yes, I believe in prayer. I believe God would have us to pray. But I often wonder how much I believe in praying. Not that I believe that I ought to pray, not that I believe I should pray, not that I believe in praying, but how much do I believe praying? In other words, am I confident? Let's look and see how our Lord used this word in the original language in a few places and hopefully get a better understanding. First of all, in Mark chapter 8. To me, to look through the Scriptures and see how God uses this word in His Bible will help me to get a better picture of what He would have me to understand. Mark 8.32 Well, let me start off in verse 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But the word there is openly. In other words, there was no... hidden agenda in what Christ meant. He spoke it plainly, clearly, without any mystery of what was going to take place. And as we look at these words, think about that in relation to our praying openly, openly. Next, I direct your attention to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Verse 24. 
Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. There's the word, plainly. Openly. Plainly. Or as it's used in 1 John 5.14, confidence. Clearly. This is the confidence. This is the this is plainly, this is openly. This is clearly manifested as we might say. Look in John eighteen. John eighteen. In verse 20, Jesus answered him, I spake openly, and there's the word openly, to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whether the Jews always resorted, and in secret have I said nothing. Praying openly. This is the confidence that if we ask anything according to His will, openly, plainly, clearly, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, Verse 29, Peter preaching, Men and brethren, let me freely, there's the word, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Freely. This is the confidence freeing it, the, the clarity. Chapter 4 of Acts, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, there's the word, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. It wasn't a brazenness, but it was just matter-of-factly, with all clarity, that Peter and John spoke. And then in verse 29, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And then in verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness, confidence, freely, openly, Hopefully you're getting 
uh, a picture and 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 it's kind of coming together Acts chapter 28 Acts chapter 28 verse 31 Well, let's read in verse 20, 30 and 31. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching, and te- preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. There's the word. No man forbidding him. In other words, Paul didn't speak in parables. Paul didn't speak in some theological terms that would cause people to wonder what he meant. He just clearly, openly, Freely, boldly, confidence. That's what our preaching ought to be. As clear as possible so that you know what is being said. You know, there's sometimes you read men in their writings or hear preachers in their preaching and you wonder what what are they getting at? What do they mean? And sometimes people will say, oh boy, that was deep. I just didn't understand it. Well, if you didn't understand it, it didn't do you any good. You remember Paul said he'd rather speak five words that you can understand than to speak a bunch of stuff you don't know what's being said. We could have somebody say to come here from another country and he might be a good, sound Christian, might believe what we believe, and we might say, uh, uh, stand up and tell us something about the Lord. And he stands up and he speaks in his language, and we don't know what he's saying. doesn't do us a bit of good. He's not speaking openly. He's not speaking clearly. I've seen people sometimes that be visiting in our country and somebody asks them to pray. They pray in their own language. Well, I'm sitting there wondering what they're saying. Paul spoke with all boldness. All both, he spoke clearly with all confidence. And beloved, when you pray, allow me to encourage you to articulate to God exactly what you mean.
Now, sometimes we try to say things and we kind of stumble all over ourselves and don't know whether we're saying it right or wrong. But as a general rule, when you're praying, pray openly. Pray with confidence. Say exactly what you want to be said. Too often, and I'm guilty of this, and I assume others are too, too often we might somebody might say, I want you to pray for so and so. And we would say something to the effect, Lord, you know so and so, they they're either in the hospital or they're at home or whatever the case is. Uh, uh, bless them. How? It's another thing to say something of that nature or to say, Lord, so-and-so is kind of down and out. They need to be strengthened in their inner man. Strengthen them. And if there's anything that I can do to strengthen them, and it might be that you need to pick up the phone and call them. Maybe read a verse of Scripture or, or say something. Too often people say, well, I don't know what to say. I, you know, I, don't, I just say anything. Have there not been times when you were, say, downcast and somebody just said a few words and it meant so much to you? God doesn't expect us to teach them some theological dissertation. Not only praying for them with all confidence, try to encourage them accordingly. Look in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12. <clears throat> in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Now the word here in verse 12 is not the word confidence as it's translated in uh, uh, 1 John 5, 14, but it's the word boldness. In whom we have openness, openness freely, plainness, And here he's talking about praying. 
He's talking about what we have in the person and work of Christ. But then he says in verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, all of this is working together. Ephesians 6, verse 16. No, excuse me, verse 19. Paul's asked them to pray for him in verse 18. And then in verse 19, he talked about, and pray for me that utterance may be given that I may open my mouth boldly. There it is. To make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul is asking. Now we saw... By the way, you remember in Acts chapter 28, the last verse of the last verse of the book of Acts, in chapter 28 and verse 31, it said Paul was teaching and preaching with all confidence while he was in prison in Rome. Well, Paul was in prison when he wrote this epistle to the Ephesians. So he was not only teaching with all confidence, he's asking them here in Ephesians 6 and verse 18 or 19 that they pray for him that he might preach with all confidence or boldness. Paul wanted to be clear in his preaching. And have confidence in it. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 20. Here we see boldness again. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Hebrews 3. We're about to run to the end of this. Hebrews 3 and 6. But Christ as a son over His own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Confidence. And then in 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In other words, we ought to go to God with confidence when we're in need. This is the confidence that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And it's God's will... That when we are tempted to ask Him to help us. I have told you before many times and I'll tell you again there have been many times 
that I have been out of sorts for some reason or the other, and I know I'm wrong, let's say I'm aggravated about something. Maybe I'm aggravated about somebody. And I've gone to the Lord and said, Lord, uh, I know that I'm wrong. And I know I need a different attitude. And I don't want to have a different attitude. I want it my way. And I know I'm wrong. I, I need mercy. I need grace. I need help. I need you. And you know what, beloved? I never have put that together with this verse until just now. I believe what uh, God said here in Hebrews 4 verses 15 and 16. I believe that I had the right to go and ask for help. And I wasn't ashamed to do it. And many times when I did it, I had a relief afterward. Is that not what 1 John 4.14 is telling us? With all confidence, we know that we have the petition when we ask anything according to His will. In other words, beloved, I believe that I was fulfilling 1 John 4.14 sometimes with regard to Hebrews 4.15 and 16 and I didn't even know it. That encourages me. Hebrews ten, ten nineteen. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Beloved, isn't it a good thought to think that I can enter into the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus? Back under the law, only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. And that one time in 365 days, he could only go there one time. But we can go there day and night. Not to that one in the Old Testament but into heaven itself where our Lord is seated at the right hand of God. 
You are entering into the Holy of Holies. And it was said that the high priest or, or that in Israel it got to the point that they started putting a rope on the leg of the high priest because if he went in there at, in the wrong way, God would kill him and nobody could go in there and so they had that rope around his leg so they could drag him out. It was, it was an awesome thing. It was a terrible thing to go into the Holy of Holies unprepared and you better make sure that you were had everything right. You need to have confidence to go into the Holy of Holies. Beloved, we've got that confidence. We don't have to worry about God killing us and casting us out. That if we ask anything according to His will, what does He do? He hears us. And who are we that God would hear us? Nothing in ourselves but justified in the imputed righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 John 2, in verse 28, John has used this word in three other places which we're fixing to look at. 1 John 2, verse 28, And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. John 3.21 Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And then 1 John 4.17 Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness, there it is, in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. And then He comes down to verse 14 and of chapter 5. This is the confidence that we have in Him. The confidence is in Christ. The confidence is not in us. God hears us in Christ. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. What is the will of God? Whatever He said in His Word. We have in Him. This word have... or in Him, is a preposition of direction. Is pros. 
In other words, we have toward Him or forward to. In other words, it's something that we have in God or in God, uh, we have uh, face to face with God, in other words. Of this, A.T. Robertson said toward him, fellowship with, face to face with Christ. Albert Barnes said towards him or in respect to him. Listen to John Gill. And this is the confidence that we have in him. Either in God, in whom prayer is made, or in the Son of God, through whose blood and righteousness believers in Him have confidence with God at the throne of grace. They can come with boldness and intrepidity freely and use freedom and liberty of speech as the word here you signifies, especially when they have the Spirit of Christ with them and are under the sprinkling of the blood of Christ and have a comfortable assurance of being heard and answered. But this is much better expressed and upon a much better foundation by our apostle here that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And even John Calvin said, and this is the confidence, he commends the faith which he mentioned by its fruits, fruit, or he shows that in which our confidence especially is, that is, that the godly dare confidently to call on God, as Paul also speaks in Ephesians 3.12, that we have by faith access to God with confidence, which we've already read, and also in Romans 8.15 that the Spirit gives us a mouth to cry, Abba, Father. What freedom to be able to go to God uninhibited and pray. And to pray according to His will. As you read and study the Word, and there's no substitute for continually reading the Scriptures, as you know, more and more you learn what the will of God is, and you pray accordingly. Now, there are things that we pray and pray for that we're not certain In other words, there's things that God doesn't expressly speak in His Word. One of the songs that we sang this afternoon, Thy Way Not Mine, O Lord, is a song that 
I first learned some 50 years ago or more. I was at a crossroads in my ministry. And I didn't know which way to go. I had many doubts and fears. And I was thumbing through the songbook one day, and I came across that song, Thy Way, Not Mine, O Lord. It was in another edition of our hymnal. And uh, I had never heard it before. I figured out how to sing it, and next time I went to where I was pastoring, I taught it to the congregation there. But it expressed exactly what I wanted to say. And for several weeks, that song was embedded in my mind but more so in my heart. I've sang it many times since then. But it has never had the intensity of communing with God as it did that first time and a few times afterward until I got some direction to where I thought in the way that I thought the Lord would have me to go. It wasn't written in the Word, Jimmy, do this, or Jimmy, do that. (coughs) But there were some principles involved that seemed to direct which way I should go. And so there are times like that that we wonder if we've asked according to His will. But and I can't. Uh, call from memory right now exactly, but there was some things in here in this song that was really according to the will of God, because this is what I wanted to do. And it, I guess it would be, well, the whole song, and I won't read the whole song again but I'll center on this uh, central verse 3. I dare not choose my lot. I would not if I might. But choose thou for me, O my Lord, so shall I walk aright. I knew if God didn't choose the way that I should go, I'd make a mess. And I wanted Him to choose for me. 
You know, some of the old timers used to pray a lot of time, Lord, choose our changings, our changes for us. You don't hear many men praying like that anymore. Having that confidence. If we ask anything according to His will, ask, beg, call for. I'd like to read John Gill again regarding this. It's rather a lengthy quote. To ask anything according to the will of God is to ask as to matter, what, and in a manner which is agreeable to it, by which is meant not His secret will or His purposes and decrees which are unknown, though so far as these are made known, they are not to be prayed against, for they can never be made void. And therefore, when God had declared it as His purposing will that the Israelites in the wilderness should not enter into Canaan's land and that He had rejected Saul from the kingdom, in these cases it would have been wrong for Moses to have prayed for the one and Samuel for the other. And though no one person is to be excluded from our prayers on the account of the decree of reprobation, since no man can certainly know to be a reprobate, yet it does not become us to pray for the conversion and salvation of reprobates in general, since this would be contrary to the decree of God. And such purposes which God has declared by prophecy He has fulfilled in Himself as the conversion of the Jews, the bringing in the fullness of the Gentiles, the destruction of Antichrist, and the glory of the gospel church. For these we should pray that God would hasten them in His own time, and we are sure of being heard. But the revealed will of God is here intended by which it appears that all grace is laid up in Christ and all spiritual blessings are with Him and that the covenant of grace is ordered in all things and full of the sure mercies of David and of exceeding great and precious promises, all which are treasured up for the benefit and use of the people of God. And if therefore they ask for any grace or supply of grace, for any spiritual blessing or mercy laid up in Christ, in the covenant or in any of the promises, they ask that for matter which is according to the will of God, and which they may be assured they shall have sooner or later. And to ask in a manner agreeably to His will is to come in the name of Christ and to make mention of His righteousness and ask for His sake. To put up all petitions in faith, with fervency and sincerity and uprightness, with reverence, humility and submission to the divine will, and with importunity. And such askers, 
God hears, even so as to answer and grant their requests in His own time, though not always in theirs. In some cases sooner, in others later, according to His infinite wisdom and in His own way, which is always the best, though not in theirs, as in the case of the Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians twelve seven, where he asked three times and God said, My grace is sufficient for thee. A.T. Robertson said, If we ask anything, condition of third class with E.N. in present middle subjective, uh, in other words, though the point is not to be pressed too far. According to his will, this is the secret in all prayer, even in the case of Jesus himself. You remember Jesus said, Father, if it be possible or if it be thy will, let this pass from me. He heareth. That is, he continually hears as we continually ask according to his will. Notice what he says there. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. That is, if we are continually asking, he's continually hearing. It's a continual process. And we know that He hears. It's not the gnosko no, it's that in a special knowledge, I do. And I won't go through that. We did that at the very beginning of 1 John. And also we know that is present active indicative that we have the petition that we ask. In other words, uh, there's a there's a certain understanding. There's a certain confidence. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. Well, I hope that gives you some encouragement to pray and some encouragement to know that in asking according to His will, He hears us and things of that nature. The next time, Lord willing, we will take up verses 16 and 17 and try to cover what the sin unto death is. But I pray that Your prayer, your prayer life and your prayers, that in doing so, you'll have more confidence. And if you say, well, I don't know whether I have any confidence or not, ask God to give you confidence. Because He says, this is the confidence. 
These two verses teach us that you ought to have confidence in prayer so you can ask God to give you confidence in prayer and let you know what the confidence is because you're asking according to His will. And He hears you. And He's going to answer, maybe not in your own time. So beloved, don't be afraid to ask God. And like I said, if you don't have confidence, ask Him for confidence because He says this is the confidence and so you're going to have to grow in the confidence. And it's going to come by knowing His will. In other words, it's going to come by knowing the Word. And as you know the Word, the more confidence you're going to have in praying. Let's pray. I do pray, my God, that you will take the the words of the, that have been spoken and apply them to the hearts of your people who hear, that they may have confidence and growing confidence and gain confidence in praying. What I pray for others, I pray for myself as well. In Jesus' name, Amen.